Michael Cohn has has spoken on GMA. He spoke this morning. Main suspect in Strasbourg, he has been killed. Uh, Trump has responded uh, by saying, you know, Michael Cohn, he was a low-level kind of guy. Also, Democrats, they even haven't taken over the House yet. They're already... They're already starting to lay out all of their Christmas gifts to the American people. A preview of the investigation firestorm that is uh, to come. Chris Christie may be on his way to the Oval Office. It's. It looks like it might be him or Jared Kushner who are going. It was going to uh, be the new White House Chief of Staff, and the Farm Bill. All things I really want to hear Bill O'Reilly's opinion on. We get it beginning in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mr. Bill O'Reilly. Present. (laughs) So, Bill. I'm here. The number one story in your mind this week is? Killing the SS, a huge success. (laughs) Okay, the number two story in your mind. Um, The... The biggest story in the country is if the president of the United States can psychologically and emotionally survive the daily attacks on him. And you won't hear that anywhere else but here in the no-spin zone. Because, you know, if you step back away from the hysteria and you look at Donald Trump. He's a human being. You might not like him. You might think he's not capable of being president, whatever. But any human being put under the barrage of hatred directed toward him and having to defend himself every hour on the hour from whatever charge, the charge du jour, um, got to take a psychological toll on him. And that is the story, the big story about all of this. Okay, so so let's take this apart uh, just a bit. First of all, Michael Cohen. Um, Michael Cohen, A, Donald Trump said, low-level guy. Nobody believes that. Was he a low-level okay. guy? Let me, let me tell you about Michael Cohen, all right? I've never met the man. At one point in the campaign, I was talking to Trump on the phone, and he, I was trying to get him on the factor that night. And he said, well, I can't do it, but take Michael Cohen, my attorney. And I said, why would I do that? <laughs> He's, he, you know, I'm not going to put him on the air. He's just going to tell, tell me what you want him to say. I mean, why don't I just put a puppet on there, okay? <laughs> you know, a real puppet, okay? And that was the end of that conversation. So Cohen was basically what they call a fixer. And uh, when Trump had an annoyance, which was what these women were to him, an annoyance, Cohen would deal with it. So I don't know any more than that. I don't know what Trump said to Cohen. No one does. Um, But Cohen's charge working for Donald Trump was to fix things, fix annoyances. And that's what he did. Okay. The the problem has come in now with the um, National Enquirer that the National Enquirer has uh, has changed their story. And now they're saying, OK, we did take direction from Donald Trump to pay this one person off. That is a that's a felony. 
Uh, Cohn, do we have the audio of Michael Cohn on uh, Good Morning America today uh, when they asked him, why should we believe you now? Listen. So what do you say to people? And, you know, there are a lot of people who would be watching who are going to be thinking, but wait a second, he lied for so long. Why should we believe him now? What's the answer to that? What do you mean lied? Lied about what? At the Trump Organization, it's a microcosm of even just the New York real estate market. What do we lie about? It's New York real estate. Yes, it's the greatest product ever created. Is that a lie? Well, but you pleaded guilty to lying to Congress. Yes. So why should we believe you now? Because the special counsel stated emphatically that the information that I gave to them was credible and helpful. There's a substantial amount of information that they possess that corroborates the fact that I am telling the truth. So you're done with the lying. I am done with the lying. I am done being loyal to President Trump. And my first loyalty belongs to my wife, my daughter, my son, and this country. Take that apart for me, Bill. Uh, You know, it's, it's... I don't take Michael Cohen seriously, number one. So your listeners, the people who listen to us every Friday, please take that into account. I'm not like any of the commentators on cable news or George Stephanopoulos. I don't take him seriously, all right, which means that whatever he says means nothing to me, nothing. I, I hang on just a second. It. Hang on just a second. I, I think that's where most, uh, not the media, but I think that's where most Americans are. No doubt about it. They Beck, just don't. A very astute observation. Yeah. Okay, so whatever he says means nothing to me as an American. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's number one. Number two, Robert Mueller had nothing to do with Michael Cohen and what he did or did not do by paying women. He referred that case out to the DA, uh, to the uh, federal attorney, U.S. attorney in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Why did why did Mueller do this? For two reasons. Number one. That had nothing to do with Russian collusion. Mm-hmm. Okay? So Mueller goes, you know, I can't get involved with this because it doesn't come under my mandate. And number two, he, Mueller knew that Cohen's a sleazy weasel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm sorry, but he is. All right? And he didn't want to be associated with a sleazy weasel. He also knew that the careerists in the attorney's office, U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan, would be more than happy to take this guy apart, which they did. They got into his taxi cab business. They got into his dodging of taxes. And then there came a point where they just said, look, Michael, just tell us what we want to know, and then we'll try to get you a light deal. And, and Cohen did. Okay, so, so, so Cohen. Right. Okay, hang on just a second. So I, I agree with that analysis. Um, I, I think I would add it would be irresponsible of anyone in the justice system if they did find a crime that they didn't pass it on for further investigation to the appropriate people. Um, maybe, how, maybe how, but, but look, you're, you're giving Mueller too much credit in, in the sense that nobody would pursue this kind of a thing. This is what they call brand protection. Mm-hmm. Brand protection. Trump is a brand, okay? So he's now running for president, and he doesn't want his brand attacked any more than it's already been. So these women try to get money from him, okay? So he says to his personal fixer, take care of it. Take care of it. 
and the fixer does. Right. And then, so of it, course, the women come back for right. more so, money. So, But it's not a problem with Cohn. What it is is a problem with, um, what is it, American media, the Inquirer. Because Look, I don't know what, what happened in the Inquirer. Again, I mean, we're, none of us are privy to that. But this is the way business is done at that level. See, I'm, I'm waiting for the New York Times to investigate itself because they've had buku private settlements in that newspaper. And mm-hmm. so is every major corporation mm-hmm. in the country. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm waiting for that. But the National Enquirer is basically in business to scandalize people. That's what they do. All right, so Trump has a relationship with the publisher. Packer, I think his mm-hmm. name is, right? Okay. Packer, so, yeah, Packer calls Packer. him and says, Packer. hey, I got this woman, and she wants to talk all about your affair, and what should I do? And Trump says, well, you know, can you make her go away? And Packer says, yeah, I can do whatever I do. So they give her money, and she tells the story, and they just they don't print it. That happens all the time. Right. There's, there's, there's some critical things that you've, you've left out, but we don't know if they're true or not, so I'm not going to nitpick on this. Um, I want to get back to the uh, – there's no reason to believe the National Enquirer. There's no reason to believe Cone. But I do believe the National Enquirer in this instance. I think that happened. Okay? But what I'm trying to tell you is there's no from, – from my point of view, I'm not a lawyer – but I've certainly had many lawyers on BillOReilly.com, smart, I, and very few of them see any crime at all. This is business as usual, protection of a brand, a civil settlement, all right? And now they're trying to link it into the campaign finance, but it's a stretch, as we saw in the John Edwards case. It's a, it's a stretch. Right. Now, they can do it. You know, what is it, the indict the ham sandwich uh, line? Okay, they can do it, but do Americans feel that this was some kind of uh, heinous, well-thought-out plot to subvert American election law? So here's, no. so here's, the, here's the thing. In the 1970s, the Republicans eventually joined the Democrats and said, you know, we can't have, we can't have this going on in the White House. So we need to make sure that we have somebody telling us the truth. And they didn't come to the table voluntarily, but they were eventually dragged to that table. Who then, are you talking about now? Hang on. Nixon, okay? Um, okay. And, and impeachment. Then we had Clinton. And so the people that were against Nixon and said, we have to know if the president is telling the truth and the president has to, he can't perjure himself, he can't lie. Um, all of a sudden, they were... Fine with Clinton. <laughs> sure, because right. it's hypocrisy all day long. Correct. But you just raised a point that, that and, and this, you're going to be amazed by my brilliance right now. <laughs> Are you ready? Everybody ready? Oh, yeah. Okay. In Watergate, there was a crime. Somebody broke in, somebody took stuff, and they found them. In Clinton, there was a incident involving an intern Inside the White House, no question it happened. Perjury. He, here, here, okay, nobody knows what it is, this campaign finance thing. No, nobody knows what this is. Was there a secret payoff? You know, what? Nobody knows. Right. There's no solid crime evidence. It's 
theoretically. Right. Correct. And but if there is overwhelming evidence, as Cohen says, that might mean a blue dress of sorts. But I don't know what the crime is at that you point. You have to have a tape recording where Trump would walk into Cohen and say, hey, correct. I want you to violate campaign finance laws and pay these babes off. Uh, because I want to run for president and win. Thanks. Let me know how it works out, okay, and good. then he leaves. All right. So we're going to get to the uh, we're going to get to the uh, the ramifications all of this and some of the other stories of the day with Bill O'Reilly, Mr. Bill O'Reilly. I'm back. The um, uh, let's uh, let's take a look at. You want to talk about the person of the year? That's your your article. The Absolutely. person of the year. Okay, so Time Magazine, uh, which is on the ropes and are really not a factor in this country anymore, which is stunning when you uh, understand the history of that magazine, they select journalists at risk for their persons of the year. Okay? Mm-hmm. But if you really deeply look into what they were doing, they were basically trying to humiliate Trump for saying fake news all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yes, they put Khashoggi up and they put the five. Uh, Maryland journalists who were slaughtered by a psycho up, and that's good. There's no, I have no beef with that. But the overall arch of the article was uh, Trump is a villain, we hate him, and, and the, the usual. Okay, So the no-spin person of the year is a person who helped this country. All right? So everybody should know my criteria, and that is Senator Lindsey Graham from South Carolina. Now, the reason I I selected uh, Senator Graham was twofold. Number one, he single-handedly saved Brett Kavanaugh and his family from destruction, and they should not have been destroyed. So just on that basis alone, he saved four human beings from destruction. And then he saved every single American citizen from losing a fundamental right and that is, you are innocent until proven guilty, due process. Now, what Senator Graham did involved courage, articulation, and risk. And that's why he is the no-spin person of the year. Hmm. Um, I can't even believe that I actually agree with that. It's, not, it's, yeah, it's like Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham, of all people. I never would have thought I said anything positive about him. I'm not a huge fan, but he, what he did but in you the, agree, Stu, it was right? A, because it, the overwhelming logic of my argument <laughs> is impossible to refute. So you're taking credit for <laughs> Lindsey Graham's achievements. That's uh, what no, I would expect. I'm taking credit. Here's what I'm taking credit for, <laughs> Stu. You yes. ready? Yes. The one moment this year of lucidity in your life. <laughs> is compliment of me. <laughs> I will say, though, I, I have not always had faith in Lindsey Graham. And the fact that he was the one who was brave enough to stand up and say, hey, yeah, we don't convict people without any evidence. That's not what the society is supposed to be about. He deserves yeah. a lot of credit for that. And he, and, well, he deserves it, to be the no-spin man of the year, yeah, and he I, is. But I, you'll I, never see that anywhere else um, because... Uh, this is a country that now does not value honesty and courage. And here it does is, not he, value it. He, he is a this is a good example of of outrage used the correct way. He was outraged about something real. He was outraged about something that mattered. It was genuine outrage. People were feeling exactly the same way. He handled himself um, entirely appropriately at this at the time 
He stated it eloquently, and then he was done. Not all people. He was he was viciously attacked for doing that. Yeah, well, that's by right. both the Democrats on the Judiciary Committee Whatever. and the media. So that required courage. I wrote a long column, not long, but I, I wrote a column on this for BillOReilly.com, which you posted now. And basically, I made the point is that you know there aren't many courageous people anymore in the public eye. They're just not. And when you see one sticking up for you, because Lindsey Graham wasn't sticking up for his party. He wasn't sticking up for himself. He was sticking up for every single American who could be accused of anything at any time and saying we cannot convict on allegations as these senators are doing in front of the nation. I mean, that took guts. And it wasn't a self-motivated statement. It was a statement to help all Americans understand their rights and that their rights are under siege from the far left. I think that's why it was effective, because if it had seemed prepared um, or contrived or contrived, or you know, if it was like, I arrest me, I'm Spartacus, yeah. I'm Spartacus, arrest me. It would have gone nowhere. Right. Sincere. Yeah, it was sincere. And, you know, in the process, because uh, there's always unintended consequences of everything you do and say when you're in public eye. He destroyed the candidacies of Cory Booker, Kamala Harris, um, uh, Elizabeth Warren. They're done. Okay, they cannot get any traction because of Lindsey Graham, because people are going to say, you know, I don't want that. Yeah, I don't want that progressive far left culture having power over me. All right. Bill O'Reilly, we continue with him in uh, just a moment. Stand by. Welcome to the program, the Glenn Beck program with Mr. Bill O'Reilly, who's written a great Christmas gift, Killing the SS. I can't uh, recommend it any higher. Really good uh, book. As you know, I read a lot and I read a lot of history. This is really, really top, top notch. Uh, unlike a lot of other uh, books from Bill, but this one is, <laughs> is really good. And Beck, you know, you should share the gift I gave to you, which was a signed copy of killing the SS. I because never got it. If other, yes, you did. Ben, no. We send you two of them. I mean, my God. Um, but if you, if I really never other got it, would like the same same gift. Mm-hmm. You have till Sunday to go to BillOReilly.com and order it, and I'll sign it for you. Nice inscription, and um, also you can give premium memberships to BillOReilly.com as stocking stuffers. Okay. But I really appreciate you reading the book, and uh, Beck did actually read it. Nobody read it to him as usually is what happens. <laughs> People follow him around reading him stuff. Um, but no, he actually sat down and read it. Thank Bill, you. let me ask you about the farm bill and that nightmare. Are you, you into it at right? all? I don't think I've ever been to a farm. Yeah. You want me to talk about the farm bill? Yeah. Have you have you read it or have you looked into it at all? No, I, I, yeah. No, okay. it's over there in my stack of stuff. No, okay. All right. Yeah. You should look into farm bill. No, no, no. You should look into this because it is. Yeah. It's like. It's it's like FDR and Karl Marx got together in a seance and said, well, g- "Give me give me thirty seconds on what it says, and then I'll." Well, let me give you this one. Let me give you this one. In the Farm Bill, it, yeah. you cannot. Uh, they've made it so Congress cannot stop the war in Yemen. It overrides the War Powers Act, essentially. Yes. So it's an add-on. There's an add-on yes. to the Farm yes. Bill. Okay. Yes. That's the same thing they did to Kate's law in, in a serious mode. Uh, we had Kate's law. You may 
remember I designed it mm-hmm. on uh, the Fox News Channel, and uh, it was a de- def- it was a mandatory federal prison term for any foreign national convicted of felony deported who came back. So, stand alone, it would have been embarrassing for any politician to vote against that. So they tacked it on to 15 other things, and it didn't get passed. So this is, I hate this. I hate this horribly. Um, but this is what the uh, politicians in Washington do. So, now, do you like the farm bill? No, I don't like the farm bill. For I'm, I'm going to do a show on it next week for a million uh, different reasons. But I want to I want to stay focused on the Yemen thing for a second because okay. you might be able to figure this one out and and show me where I'm wrong if if I am. So uh, Mike Lee, Bernie Sanders, they've been after this this add-on war in Yemen since yeah. you know since uh, uh, Obama started it. And it's it's absolutely illegal. Most people don't know about it. And we right. all we're we're just in a war with Saudi Arabia. OK, well, uh, we're uh, helping Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. correct? In the war, yes. in we're on the war their side. Yes, we're yeah. on their side. But we are at yeah. war in Yemen with Saudi Arabia. And if you want okay. that, that's fine. And you can make a case because of of Iran, et cetera, et cetera. So here's what I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out here. The Khashoggi thing happens, uh, and everybody is upset about it. And the con- uh, the uh, the Senate needs to take a tough stand against Saudi Arabia. So they vote and they say, "Nope, we we're going to stop this war in Saudi Arabia." Then at the last minute, this is added to the farm bill that no, I, I, look, it's, it's so blocking corrupt. it. So corrupt. But people should understand that. Saudi Arabia has been a good ally to the United States, and that's why Trump uh, hasn't threatened them or sanctioned them or whatever. So Yemen, this backwater south of Saudi Arabia in the Persian Gulf, is a place where al-Qaeda and ISIS and Iran all right, plot and carry out mm-hmm. death mm-hmm. things. That's, that's what happens in Yemen. Mm-hmm. There's no central authority, no central government. It's like Somalia. It's like the mountains of Pakistan. The terrorists are there. They do what they want to do. So the kingdom of Saudi Arabia wants to control Yemen and get these people out of there because mm-hmm. they're a danger to Saudi Arabia. Correct. Okay. So that's, that's what's going on. So the United States helps Saudi Arabia by arming them, mm-hmm. by allowing them to use drone intelligence, mm-hmm. and by inserting special forces mm-hmm. actually into Yemen under the banner of the war on terror. So there are U.S. troops there, and they carry out raids. That's what we do. Now, that benefits us. I'm, I'm, I'm not no, going to say, I am not disagreeing with that theory. Right, I, I just, just I would like to, to hear the, what we're talking about. Yeah, I would just like to hear the arguments and have it done constitutionally. And the reason why you'd I like ask this, to, you'd like transparency. Yes. And the, the right. one of the I reasons, one of the reasons why is they uh, Congress is trying to have their cake and eat it, too. You can't cake there in Yemen. Yes, you can't. Cake? You can't eat your cake and then also have your cake. It's one or the other. And they are trying to do this with uh, Saudi Arabia. And so is the press. Your Saudi Arabia, we all know, is bad. This this Khashoggi thing. What yes, is the? Bad. There's no doubt. The only reason why the press is making this into such a big deal is you said it earlier to um, hurt Donald Trump. That's it, right. If they actually cared about journalists in Saudi Arabia, 
they would uh, they would be using this moment to call for the freedom of Rafe Badwadi. This guy is in prison in Saudi Arabia. He he started the uh, the free Saudi liberal movement. So he's saying this is a bad thing. They they have a thousand lashes and seven year prison sentence. His family is in Canada. They've been saying, "We got, please help us release this guy." Nobody in the media cares about it. That this is there. a journal journalist. But Nobody the, cares. People have to know the big picture. The United States is business with Putin. We do business with China. We do business with heinous regimes all over the planet, and we do that because the American economy is an enormous engine, and we have to support 330 million people here. And we need cooperation from bad governments. All right. That's what this is. Now, you have to draw lines. I would have sanctioned Saudi Arabia a little bit harder than Trump did. Um, But look, if you're going to point out journalistic hypocrisy, it's all day long. I mean, it's crazy. Um, let me let me ask you about the China and Canada thing. You know, we That's asked for the farm bill back. No more on that. No more on that. Uh, that um, was so much fun and uh, so exciting. The the look into it, Bill. You'll you'll blow your mind. Um, the right. uh, China uh, uh, executive that we asked to be extradited, they have responded now and taken two ca- Canadian business people, uh, and they've been disappeared in China. Uh, wow. uh, Trump is playing a different game uh, with China. It's not necessarily just about a trade imbalance. This is about them taking our technology and stealing from our American companies, is it not? Yeah, they hacked into the Marriott uh, database, the Chinese, according to the New York Times. Well, you know, you got to um, I don't know if that's true, but I think it probably is. The Chinese are are, uh, now waging cyber warfare against the whole world. And the Chinese are just swaggering around thinking we're going to do what we want to do. And Trump is trying to counter that, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. I think Trump's going to get his trade deal with China. I think that he's going to break them down. If you look at the Chinese economy numbers today, they're terrible. A billion and a half people in China, and more than half of them don't have any electricity. So that place is a tinderbox and can go up. And the Chinese government in Beijing knows that. And if their economy starts to contract, they're in big trouble. So Trump, I think, is doing the right thing. Um, And, uh, you know, it's directed by the Defense Department, Mattis, who's very savvy. Um, And I don't have any any beef with that. But I think that people have to understand this is a wicked world we live in. And you've got to deal with some wicked people sometimes. Let me switch topics one last time. Uh, Who do you think is going to be the chief of staff and what's going on there at the white house taylor swift <laughs> that's my pick i want taylor swift to be the chief of staff might be good Daytonte. yeah we're reaching out to the other side mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um and whoever the chief of staff is they're not gonna have any power or be able to do anything so why not put taylor swift in there i mean i would so is this spin um, or is and, he really having a hard time getting somebody to be the chief of staff of course he is would you, would you want that job no i wouldn't no i wouldn't <laughs> come on yeah you want to you want to be chief of staff to donald trump and no. every morning you don't know who's coming down the stairs no i mean some mornings he's okay and you know the other mornings he's not so okay and but the the, the fact is and this is a fact that donald trump does what he wants he does what he wants. I mean, it doesn't matter who's the chief of staff or who's sitting there, who's telling him what to do or suggesting whatever. He's going to do what he wants. 
So Kushner would probably be the best. I hope he doesn't pick Jared Kushner. I I don't think that would be good for the country. I don't think it would be good Um, for the country, but that would be the most reasonable pick for Donald Trump because. Yeah, because he doesn't trust anybody and and he doesn't think Kushner would turn on him. Correct. Um, So, yes, you're absolutely right there. He he wants somebody that's not going to, you know, be leaking stuff all over the place and make him look bad. Um, but I think there are other people around in Washington, savvy players. What do you think he about Chris? certainly needs Chris Christie. Uh, somebody who really has a lot of experience with that swamp. Chris Christie? No, nah, way too volatile. No, 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 no. It'd be, be kind of fun. And, and you know, just the, no uh, yeah, just the food deliveries to the White House. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, who's pizza? Hey! Who's got the pepperoni pizza? <laughs> you know, that was I mean, the answer to yeah. the question, at least. There it is, the, uh, the New York Times bestselling author, Bill O'Reilly, the author of the book Killing the SS, makes a, cri- a great Christmas gift. Also, you can subscribe uh, to his one show on BillOReilly.com. <laughs> <laughs> For the same price, you can get like 40 shows. Uh, at the blaze, but it's yeah, but you got you know perspicacity is in play here. Okay, so. <laughs> Word of the day, uh, Bill o- Bill O'Reilly uh, from BillOReilly.com. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Bill. All right, guys.